You're listening to Boston Needs to Know on WBCA 102.9 FM, a show highlighting local Boston news. On February 23rd, Mayor Michelle Wu announced the creation of the Office of Early Childhood to further her administration's commitment to universal, affordable, high-quality early education for all children under the age of five. The new office will expand access to early education child care programs. It will invest in these programs and encourage and guide parents of young children as they avail themselves of information and wraparound services regarding care for their children and their families. The office will take on some of the needs highlighted in the Boston's 2021 Childhood Census Survey Report. This report revealed that childcare in Massachusetts is currently the second most expensive in the nation, and that 41% of those surveyed said the cost for their childcare exceeds 10% of their family's income. Mayor Wu said that every bit invested in our children and families to close the gaps in early education and care is an investment in our collective future. I was born in the city. I was raised in a housing development in Roxbury by two parents who were wonderful and were committed but didn't have the resources to give their kids the same opportunities as some other folks in this commonwealth. I'm the single mother of five children raised in this city as well. And I know firsthand from those experiences that, you know, I've walked in the mile, uh, a mile in the shoes, uh, the tiny little shoes of the kids that we're talking about today. I've struggled to navigate the same systems that the parents and caregivers that we're talking about today are still struggling to navigate. The creation of this office will give those of us in the community, families, parents, community providers, an opportunity to build real collaborations and real bridges with city resources and city departments that can help us to really have an opportunity to prevent the academic achievement gap instead of trying to close it once it exists. You often hear uh, the mantra that education is the great equalizer, right? Uh, but those investments start young. and. Uh, the data is there. If we invest in our young people early, uh, and that starts with uh, good child care, high quality child care that is also affordable to families, it really does pay dividends down the road. Uh, and young people have much better outcomes down the road. So um, this isn't just about investing uh, in young people and families. It's about investing in our communities, in the future of our communities. If we know as a country that the first five years of a child's life are the most critical for brain development and social emotional learning, and the science of how we raise children to fulfill their potential continues to evolve. It just makes sense that the city is creating this office solely dedicated to providing us, the first responders, with the resources we need to do our job to keep every child on a pathway to success. The vast majority of families who participated in this census reported that they are looking for formalized care but having trouble finding it. Many of our families are relying on some informal arrangement, often with a family member, often not covering enough hours that are needed. And 81% of the families undergoing this kind of informal arrangement are, women, are headed by women and are also reporting that this is impacting their own careers and their own professional development. 
the costs are high, the need is great, but the opportunity is tremendous right now as well. And so it is time to truly tackle root causes, to understand just how much our childcare infrastructure is the foundation for families to thrive all across our city and beyond. On March 1st, Mayor Michelle Wu took the inaugural free 29 bus ride to Jackson Square Station in Jamaica Plain. For at least the next two years, riders on the 29 bus, as well as the 23 and 28 buses, will be riding them without a fare. These free fare buses will help riders save money and the all-door boarding will help passengers enter the buses faster. This program expands the non-fare number 28 bus pilot, which since it has become free, is one of the most popular MBTA bus routes. The run of these newly free fare bus routes connects with the Ruggles, Jackson Square, Mattapan, and Ashmont bus stations and plays a role in the mayor's plan to reopen Boston with equity and respect for all its citizens. This is really a good day for us in our community because it connects people more with resources available to them. Going to the doctor, grocery stores, getting their kids on the bus. Um, it's just really going to help people that's impacted by not having enough resources to even get on the bus. So this is really a big thing for our community and having three buses that connect us to get to different places in the city of Boston is really going to be good for our community. And the resources that's available, everyone will get the opportunity to be able to reach the resources. When we look at the, the six-month pilot that we just uh, concluded on the Route 28 bus, we saw a 22% increase in ridership, we saw a 20% decrease in boarding time, and the performance of the bus, even with all those extra riders, was the same because it's so much faster and easier to get on a bus where they doesn't have to collect a fare. So, you know, we think this is really a, a path forward for uh, transit in Boston, something that's going to make it more convenient, it's going to save people money, and hopefully give people another reason to ride public transit here in the city. So when you look at bus service in particular, fare-free bus service is not only about affordability and removing the financial barrier, as Chief Franklin Hodge was saying, it very much affects the reliability and frequency of service too. Buses even shaving off a few seconds per stop because people no longer have to wait in line only at the front door, digging through their bags to find the pass or uncrinkling those bills to feed through the machine or begging the driver to get on because they just don't quite have enough change that day. That not only changes the lives of our residents, it speeds up service for our bus drivers and for the T so that they'll be able to see those buses completing the runs much more quickly and uh, we start to have that feedback loop. See it says Wi-Fi is not connected. So if you hit here, it goes Bluetooth, your Bluetooth, Bluetooth, yeah, it's on. On March 3rd, senior residents at the Catherine Hardaway Residences in Roxbury's Nubian Square were taking part in their final class in the Digital Equity Initiative Program in basic computer skills. The students learned to use computers and iPads, create Gmail accounts, access Zoom, and become familiar with the major aspects of online technology. Now they can Zoom and email with their grandchildren and friends, engage in important telehealth meetings, or just talk with anyone they want to, all without leaving home. With funding of $35,000 from the City of Boston Equity Fund, CBES will be able to continue teaching the course at Boston Housing Authority buildings, where they provide services. Courses like this are a vital step in decreasing the digital divide in communities of color 
A divide that must be erased so that all people can participate fully in today's world. The class culminated with a graduation ceremony, and all the students were given a laptop to take home and apply the computer skills that they had learned in the class. It broadened our horizon to learn things because this is the age where everybody's using computers, and we had to be a part of that. And when this class opened up to us, that was so important, and it made us feel good that we could learn so much, learn some of the lingo, understand what was going on, you know, and not be afraid to even take a picture or know that we can communicate face-to-face -face on this notebook. And it was important. It was made us feel so good just being here. Now I can do stuff myself without asking one of my children or grandchildren to help me. I learned how to do it myself. I used to have to wait for them. How you do this? How you do this? How you download this? Now I learned all this through this class. The world is changing so drastically with computers that seniors don't even know how to use cell phones. So I figured if I took this course, I'd be able to keep up with what I'm doing, where I'm going, and how I'm going to get there. I have these programs from my medical that are helping me, and they call me and give me a number, and I put it in, and I go to Zoom, and I can talk to them, and I can take the, the tests that I need to take instead of running all the way to the hospital, and waiting an hour, and then told, oh, we're sorry, you know, that whole stuff. What uh, the computer technology does, it provides another opportunity for everyone, but particularly seniors and elders, to communicate not only with their friends, but with their families uh, and their caregivers, their doctors. Uh, before the technology was introduced, many of the people in this room felt isolated, disconnected. And what we've been able to do is not only have them acquire basic computer skills, but really open up another avenue of communication among family, friends, and acquaintances. Being a part of the computer age or a technology, technological age, it allows them to be a part of everything. It doesn't have them feel isolated in their homes. They can now contact their friends, see their family members if they feel inspired to do so. And again, it's the support that they will need or will, well, will need as they move forward. Russian troops go home! Russian troops go home! On March 6th, over 2,000 supporters of Ukraine marched and rallied from Copley Square to the Parkman Bandstand in Boston Common. They were expressing solidarity with the people of Ukraine and were rallying to raise awareness of Ukraine's courageous fight against the Russian invasion of their country. The Russian war in Ukraine was in its 11th day and has forced one and a half million people from their homes and reportedly touched off the largest refugee crisis since World War II. While Russia continues its invasion, marchers with ties to Russia disagreed with the actions of their homeland, as many have family in the country they are now at war with. Ukrainians said they fear for the lives of their loved ones as the situation in Ukraine worsens and means of communication are being cut off. The march and rally was one of the several local demonstrations in the last few weeks showing support for Ukraine. I hate Putin. He's destroying both countries, Russia and uh, Ukraine, and uh, he has to go. Uh, 
he's uh, he's evil, and uh, it's it's very it's shameful that he is in power for so long, and he's just threatening the entire world with his madness. I don't know how war any benefits for war. The only person who will benefit is probably Putin. No one else wants a war. A lot of people in Russia uh, right now, they are against. The thing is, there is a really big censorship and people who go out in the street and protesting, they're risking life. Even today, there, there were around more than 2,000 people um, arrested in Moscow just for speaking out their mind, and it's all horrible. But nothing Russians experience can even compare to the horrors that Ukrainians feel right now. I have a lot of friends right there currently and they all hiding in the cellar. No one knows who, who will be alive next day. Even though I'm an American, I'm a Ukrainian at heart. I'm a first generation Ukrainian American and it's tearing me apart. I still have family in Ukraine. I don't understand what's going on. Uh, and why this is happening. It's just so evil. It's a genocide against our people. And I, I am, I'm so happy that so many Americans uh, are supporting and people around the whole world is supporting us. The Ukrainian people are under assault and Putin's violence knows no limits. His army is inflicting devastating trauma on the Ukrainian people. And as long as this continues, our collective right to life and humanity will be threatened. I want to recognize the victims and the survivors of the violence, the hundreds of civilians who have been killed, and again, the over 11.5 million refugees who have fled their homes. This is a godless war, but it is not a faceless one which is why we are all here as brothers and sisters in solidarity, to wave our flags, to raise our voices, to send up prayers. The actions of, of Putin is despicable. The Ukrainian people um, deserve to be treated fairly with, with dignity in this war crime that Putin is doing in invading this country is unconscionable. The U.S. stands with the, great, the brave people of Ukraine, and we will be there with them today, tomorrow, and every day until Russia is out of Ukraine.